0: to include different groups of people in conversations to make sure that any limitations have been considered long before the technology shows up and people realize this isn't working how we wanted it to or it isn't accomplishing what it was intended to do.
1: Welcome to
2: A Virtual View, where we talk about telehealth, healthcare, and everything in between today I'll be talking with Jessica Devine, Data Coordinator with the Indiana Rural Health Association. Thanks for coming on the show today, Jessica. We're excited to have you with us today. And as we dive into the topic, us here at the UMTRC been excited to learn more about artificial intelligence and excited just to pick your brain on it.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Jessica, just to familiarize our audience with you, why don't you just give us a little bit of an introduction in your background?
0: Certainly. I have been with the Indiana Rural Health Association since 2020, where I've worked on suicide prevention and now with the Upper Midwest Telehealth Resource Center, as well as the Connecting Kids to Coverage Program for Indiana. And my background in technology started a little later, perhaps than some peers. When I was in school before college, I did not think of myself at all as a techie person. And quite honestly, I thought tech was something very cool. And I was glad when people like taught me how to use it, but I never thought that I would be a leader with that by any means. And then I went to Purdue University which is very intent on making cutting-edge technology accessible for everyone, and to cultivate leaders in technology no matter what someone's major was. So very fortuitously, some of the people with whom I became closest in college were computer science and engineering majors, and they really cultivated my curiosity and my enthusiasm to learn a lot more about the math and technology that goes into a lot of the developments and most importantly, it uh, helped me realize to how it can impact health, the delivery of healthcare and virtual care and improving quality of life for people. And that was re- really what really sealed my interest in that and encouraged me to dive much deeper into that with coursework in college.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was great to see you got that early introduction to technology and how that's shaped your career path as you've gone along. You talked a little bit about your interest in technology in general. Where did some of your interest in artificial intelligence come from?
0: Absolutely. That in particular came during an internship when I had the opportunity to be at a hospital that has a world-class computational biology department. And while I was there, some of my fellow interns who were working on machine learning and artificial intelligence projects told me a little bit about what they did and what they were working on and how that was impacting human health. And I thought that was so fascinating. And so I asked as many questions as I possibly could. And when my fellow interns ran out of answers, they invited me to speak with their supervisors who very kindly indulged my curiosity. and. answered my questions and taught me more and more about that. So artificial intelligence in particular kind of rose up as an interest for being something that already has immense impact on our daily lives and will continue to have even more impact.
2: Yeah, it's good to hear how you had the opportunity just to get some of that frontline experience, let alone just knowing theoretically how it works, but being able to see some of those applications firsthand. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that internship you did was with Riley Hospital, correct?
0: It was St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in oh, Memphis, Jude. Tennessee. I apologize.
2: Yep. So to be able to see the application up close, knowing people that are actually utilizing it in the healthcare setting, it was a really great perspective that you bring to our listeners that are listening today, as well as to the UMTRC as a whole. This may be a topic that still is really new to a lot of individuals. And so can you just give us a little bit of background on what artificial intelligence? So it can Be a very broad term. I mean, people might have their own definitions that they slide into what is artificial intelligence. But from your perspective, what is the definition?
0: In a very broad sense for applying to every area of artificial intelligence, it's instructing machines how to learn. So the artificial aspect of the intelligence refers to machines are capable of learning similarly to how humans do, but humans alone have the empathy and the compassion to be able to differentiate what information we're taking in and to notice nuances between different information. So while machines are able to learn and to complete a lot of tasks, they can't necessarily Uh, differentiate between the information that they're taking in to be able to make decisions out of that at the high level that humans can. So in developing artificial uh, intelligence what uh, we should really be hoping for and looking forward to is making sure that as technology develops with that that we have a broad background going into developing that to make sure that it's responding how we want it to And as developers work on the implementation of artificial intelligence, what they're doing is giving very direct instructions to a machine originally for how to go through a model or how to go through the cycle of logic that the machine should go through to arrive at the eventual outcome. And the machine can then from that take these instructions that they've been given through the form of computer code and and programming in that manner. and Uh, go forward so that the machines are able to uh, complete more tasks without humans having to directly instruct them. So this saves a lot of time for being able to delegate different items and activities to machines to complete to save human intelligence as well as human energy to uh, focus on different areas. And so that makes machines able to be better partners in the activities that we're trying to complete as humans and ultimately has brought applications to just about every area of our daily lives.
2: Yeah, one thing that you said that sticks out to me and when it comes to artificial intelligence is it gives the opportunity to just be able to work with machines in order to automate tasks, to just be able to save. Uh, time for the individuals who are doing the work as well as just increase their capacity to be able to take on other things. Boiling that down is artificial intelligence is really just created to make our lives easier or to make things more efficient. And so when it comes to that what are just a couple examples of how artificial intelligence has been utilized in healthcare?
0: Yeah great question to make the science fiction feel more like actuality. So some very common examples that we all might be seeing as we're interacting with healthcare are being deployed in hospitals for disinfecting or running items between the pharmacy. So these are some very simple uh, activities that can be delegated out to the results of artificial intelligence and some other technological developments to be able to spare nurses or other humans and uh, have fewer items on their to-do list, as you said, to really improve uh, their quality of life and be able to not even necessarily always take on more, but sometimes just to spare a little more time for rest because that's certainly very important for everyone. And specifically within virtual care, artificial intelligence is being used with different aspects of receiving information from patients. So it's being used to help speed up the process of collecting identification and some of these pre-registration forms that patients might need to fill out it's also very important with uh, note taking as well as closed captioning to help improve accessibility with virtual care and other applications online as well Uh, so these are some of the most common and i think especially with the imaging is an area that we'll see grow in the very near future as the capability to collect images grows as well as to be able to transmit that and increase the speed with which patients can get answers from their providers as well as increase the accuracy to support the providers in doing the analysis of these images to make sure that the providers are able to go as quickly as they can while still getting the high level of accuracy we trust from our providers. And the patients can then feel even more uh, confident
2: yeah, so there's a lot of different applications, and as we see technology continue to grow, we you know envision that we're just going to see more and more ways that that technology can be utilized. And I do want to touch on a point that you uh, just mentioned slightly earlier of bringing the sci-fi to reality. And a lot of times, when it comes to artificial intelligence, a lot of people will attribute that to to robots. And how many sci-fi movies do we have out there that's about the robot that became too intelligent and tried to take over the world like i think the will smith movie i robot as like one of the ones that like quickly comes to my mind and what are some of the misconceptions that people have uh regarding artificial intelligence
0: yeah as you mentioned i think a lot of movies can certainly facilitate some of those misconceptions and so i think the most important one That people are concerned about with artificial intelligence is the fear that artificial intelligence will take jobs away from people, which is certainly something that is very easy to understand why that's a concern and that should never be the goal, but it's analogous when Uh, Human culture shifted away from as much of an agricultural society to having more service jobs. It wasn't necessarily that there were fewer jobs available, but rather jobs required different skill sets and offered different opportunities. So in much the same way with the development of artificial intelligence, it might create many different looking jobs than what we might have been used to previously but it won't necessarily decrease the number of jobs it'll just change the content perhaps and always with the goal of improving quality of life
2: yeah that's a great point how artificial intelligence really is used to help make processes more efficient but the end goal isn't to you know, replace humans with that. And the example that you provided of how the workforce kind of shift with the emerging technology and you know how we see such a shift now towards tech jobs in general and a lot of those jobs don't require a college degree they just require being able to know a specific skill set and seeing how that will continue to change over time but kind of artificial intelligence kind of falling under that realm of where you might change the way that the work is done but ultimately there's still individuals that have to make sure that it's working appropriately they have to manage it. They have to monitor it. Things don't you don't just do it once and that code just works for the rest of its lifetime. And so that's a good point to bring up of just how that skill set changes over time as new technology is developed.
0: Absolutely. In addition to all of the roles that you mentioned, there are also new opportunities with marketing the intel the artificial intelligence as well as monitoring and evaluating. And not even just with the machine itself, but how it's interacting with other communities and different areas of the physical space. So absolutely many new opportunities with that.
2: Yeah, there's really a world of possibilities as we see technology advance. And one thing I wanted to touch on too is you started to see artificial intelligence being utilized with telehealth specifically. So what are some ways that you've seen artificial intelligence and telehealth being used together?
0: They go together hand in hand very well to support a lot of the goals of telehealth and increasing the reach of care and improving quality of care while reducing cost. Artificial intelligence can sometimes be seen in machines such as robots, which might make it more visible, the artificial intelligence sometimes isn't necessarily easy to observe because it can be within different programs and different items within computers or smartphones. And so in that way, with telehealth, oftentimes we might not necessarily see how telehealth is utilizing artificial intelligence, but behind the scenes, it can help increase the rate which physicians are able to go through workflows or other telehealth providers to be able to move with greater speed due to being able to move more quickly through all that they're trying to accomplish. And so artificial intelligence within telehealth can really help speed up some of the processes and make things more efficient to accomplish the goals that telehealth set out to accomplish in the first place.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to see how uh, those two can work together well. And we hope to see even more of that integration between artificial intelligence and telehealth kind of long term in the industry. Along those lines, some of the reservations that individuals may have when it comes to utilizing artificial intelligence is some of the concern with cybersecurity And so when it comes to artificial intelligence, how do individuals mitigate some of that concern?
0: Very important concern. Absolutely. And to mitigate that, there are several layers of defense that go into protecting everything related to cybersecurity as developers work on writing the code and implementing it before it's released. There are a lot of opportunities for Uh, Individuals who work in jobs within that who are often referred to as security researchers who essentially operate as trying to break into their product before anyone outside their organization could break into it. So there are some very exciting career paths within that. I think that's not a very commonly known role, but uh, there are many individuals who have written about their jobs with some high-profile technology development who very much enjoy the work. It certainly requires immense amount, not only knowledge with hardware and software, but as well as creativity to think about how it could possibly be utilized outside of its designated purpose. So there are some individuals doing incredible work before it ever gets released to make sure that they've built a very strong security system around their product. And after it's released, there's a lot for every IT department or whoever else is supporting the implementation of the technology to help educate users about how they can most positively interact with the technology. There are items that we're all familiar with now to help with cybersecurity, such as not clicking on unknown links and making sure that we password protect things that are of higher concern. Things of that nature. And so artificial intelligence feeds very nicely into these practices that we've already gotten into in our workplaces uh, because it doesn't necessarily present any different interactions in terms of how many of us use it within our device. And a lot of the cybersecurity that impacts that goes on the back end, and we can rest assured that. There's a lot of important work being done with that, and certainly for everyone who has concern about it, there's a lot to be said for transparency. Oftentimes, someone should look into what went into developing it because we want to know what goes into our food. We want to know what goes into our technology. It's good for people to be involved in the things that impact them. So there are opportunities to dig into that a little bit deeper whenever someone is considering perhaps purchasing new technology or otherwise acquiring that. And in summary, there are opportunities to uh, be involved in a job with different areas of that. And ultimately for all of us at the very end stage of using the technology, there are opportunities to Seek out information to make sure that people have been doing due diligence all along.
2: Yeah, that's a good point of being involved. It doesn't mean necessarily being directly involved in the work necessarily of artificial intelligence, but... Especially if you are a healthcare provider or a healthcare organization, and you're looking to implement some of this technology. Some of the misconceptions or concerns when it comes to cybersecurity can be just fear of kind of the unknown. So being somewhat familiar with, okay, how does this work? How is this built? What is the purpose of its application? It can alleviate some of those fears because it doesn't become this abstract concept i know the word i don't really know what it does and so you're able to really bring that to reality and interact with the people that were part of the process of building it or implementing it which i think that's an important point
0: yes i wholeheartedly agree and i think especially with the kind of novelty of artificial intelligence being involved with telehealth and with telehealth users becoming more and more familiar with artificial intelligence. I would entirely echo everything you said that it's really helpful sometimes to maybe even just have a conversation about, tell me a little bit more about what the intent behind this was or how this uh, might otherwise look, and to just gather a little bit more information in a conversational sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that brings up the point of it's important to have staff that would be your point person when it comes to implementing this type of technology, and whether that goes from the security standpoint or the actual implementation itself. So, what are some of the skill sets of an individual that would do this type of work that organizations that are looking to do this should be on the lookout for?
0: For a staff person who might be a project manager or otherwise the liaison between perhaps telehealth services and the technology development it would be very useful to look for someone who has experience with some programming languages perhaps python or c and with that if someone has familiarity with a programming language it's typically easier to gain familiarity with other programming languages quite similarly to um, spoken languages the more spoken languages that someone's familiar with typically the uh, easier it is to then gain exposure to additional. And so with that, for someone who might serve in a project manager role or or else in that kind of liaison position, they uh, having familiarity with programming language would be very optimal if someone has worked on projects before. Typically, an individual might have on their resume a GitHub profile, which is a Uh, online resource to be able to store repositories of code and data sets and otherwise offer an opportunity to see that person's project history and to know what they've worked on before with technology. So, that's a really great opportunity for employers to be able to have a really easy way to see the products that people have worked on previously. For hiring someone who would be directly developing artificial intelligence, typically it would be expected that an individual would have coursework with perhaps mathematics such as linear algebra and other higher level math that's used with the computer science coursework to develop machine learning and random forests and neural networks and some other terms that on a deeper level for the computer science describe how the artificial intelligence works. And so with that, a project manager who maybe knows a little bit about those terms and can speak with the developer to know what those are, how they're working in a broad sense can help bridge that with perhaps people who might be more healthcare focused or otherwise might not have as much of a technology background to really be able to bridge those conversations and bring everyone to the table to be able to work together on some shared goals.
2: Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, that helps to at least have a little understanding of what you should be looking out for. If you are really interested in bringing in artificial intelligence within your organization, Just to know some of the skills that you should look out for as well as some of the processes to look for to really make sure that that program is built correctly while also collecting some feedback from the clinical staff that are going to be involved with the process as well. They feel like they're heard and you really can get end user um, experience down pat before you actually deploy anything. So I think those are great points. We've talked a little bit about generally what is artificial intelligence, some of the applications, as well as if you want to hire someone, some of the skill sets to look for. But just for our audience, I'm curious, what are some of the limitations of artificial intelligence that organizations should be aware of?
0: Some limitations to be mindful of with artificial intelligence often boil back down to human interactions and wanting to make sure that the machines are supporting our ability to enjoy high-quality human interactions. So, some specific applications of this to be mindful of with the development of artificial intelligence include considering how various individuals might be able to interact with it. As you've mentioned, um, end user is a very important consideration throughout all of development with technology to make sure that it can be utilized and to be utilized positively. So in terms of development, it's critical to include different groups of people in conversations to make sure that uh, any limitations have been considered long before the technology shows up and people realize this isn't working how we wanted it to or it isn't accomplishing what it was intended to do. And so ultimately, Uh, Involving people in conversations as early as possible is the best way to address that. And seeking out individuals for uh, leadership positions within the development of artificial intelligence who perhaps haven't always been involved with these conversations can help bring in new insights and new advances.
2: Those are great considerations, Jessica, of really thinking of what is the end user interaction and what exactly is this technology being utilized for? And there needs to be an understanding of what tasks are better handled by an individual that can discern intent or emotions or different things like that versus what are tasks that can be automated and done by a machine and understanding what are the specific applications that work and makes sense for a machine to handle versus an individual to handle. And I think it makes me think about too of how important it is to have a variety of different individuals that are speaking into the development of that technology. And we've seen some examples of the use of artificial intelligence without having a diverse number of people that are providing their input and how that can actually teach a machine to have a bias that the human creator had. One of the big examples of that being facial recognition software that you came out that that software was unable to recognize um, the faces of African Americans that are utilizing the technology. And a lot of that was they just didn't get a lot of feedback from a variety of different people and diverse backgrounds when they were developing the software and therefore it the machine itself mimicked what it was taught. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, we've talked about a wide variety of applications and things to consider when it comes to artificial intelligence, but for a lot of our listeners that may be interested in learning more about the topic, do you recommend any resources for them to be able to just learn more on their own?
0: Yeah, artificial intelligence can seem like such an overwhelming topic to even approach, And I think it's really important to even just identify a single first question that someone might have to start conversations. So if you're listening and you're thinking, I'm really wondering how artificial intelligence could speed up the particular thing you're working on or however else you might be wondering about, ultimately starting with that single question can help lead you into more extensive conversations and so a good way to start thinking of some questions you might have or to get answers from people who've already answered those questions is to start with your professional organizations. Artificial intelligence is being used in just about every field of work and so it's very likely that the professional organization for your particular work in your background might already offer some sessions and education about artificial intelligence being used within your space So that is an excellent first place to start. Within telehealth and virtual care, you can seek out resources from the National Institute of Biomedical Imaging and Bioengineering, which offers information about artificial intelligence, as does the Office of Data Science Strategy at the National Institutes of Health. So on this national scale within the US, there are a lot of opportunities to see how it's being used and to see where future directions are focused with research. There are also opportunities to go even further with learning. There are some boot camp courses and there are so many that I hesitate to name any in particular because I don't mean to exclude any or to particularly elevate some above others, but there are many opportunities with that and you might have an opportunity to watch something that could take just a few minutes to answer some questions. You might have the opportunity to do a weekend or a few weeks worth of a course. There are opportunities plentifully with universities to complete master's degrees or otherwise advance your skill sets. Universities can be a solid place to start with seeking out some information because there are a variety of experts working and they're collaborating with their own peers as well as backgrounds in other areas of expertise within their own institution and elsewhere including across the entire globe to make sure that we're all united and moving forward with the same amount of knowledge so in summary There are many opportunities to start and it can be overwhelming because if you just start Googling artificial intelligence, you might start down a road that would never end. And so ultimately, I would recommend that you seek out some structure with your questions, whether it's people that you work with, if you have the opportunity to have experts already in-house or to seek out people within your professional organization who might have some of those connections.
2: Thank you, Jessica, for the connection to those resources. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot out there that individuals can really check out if they're interested in artificial intelligence. And I just want to thank you for your time with joining our podcast today. And for our listeners, this won't be the last time that you hear from Jessica and most likely be on our podcast as well as doing webinars related to artificial intelligence in the future. So if you're interested in this topic, make sure you... Uh, look out for some of those other opportunities that Jessica comes on and talks about the topic. But Jessica, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your insight.
0: Thank you so much for having me, it was a pleasure.
1: I wanna thank you for listening to A Virtual View. I've been your host, Caroline Yoder. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes below. If you would like to support our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Do you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss? If so, contact us at info at or through the form found in the show notes. Also, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Tristan Yoder. Finally, a special thanks to the Health Resources and Service Administration, also known as HRSA. Our podcast series, A Virtual View, is sponsored in part by HRSA's Telehealth Resource Center program, which is under HRSA's Office of the Administrator and the Office for the Advancement of Telehealth. The content and conclusions of this podcast are those of Caroline Yoder and Cameron Hilt of the UMTRC and should not be construed as the official policy of, or the position of, nor should any endorsements be inferred by HERSA, HHS, or the U.S. government. Thanks for listening and have a great day.